we've got Luther Archimed just running up, surrounded by defenders. And then once he finds his spot, he just goes to prove that his scoring game is never too much, never too much, never too much. <laughs> Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about yesterday's 2-0 win against Las Vegas Lights, last place Las Vegas, in a match that we could have probably gotten more goals from, but hey, we'll take a clean sheet plus uh, two goals there. Also, of course, we'll be talking about the long-awaited debut of Davian Kimbrew, which actually makes history once again not just as the youngest ever athlete to be signed to a professional contract but also now as the youngest athlete to actually be a part of a professional game at just 13 years old so quite the achievement there for him also we have a double special of usl unsolved mysteries which uh, today will actually be hosted by me <laughs> uh but still presented by jared but there's two that we're really intrigued, and there's one that I'm even more intrigued about, and I'm curious to hear what our uh, co-hosts and even y'all, too, and what your we're thoughts are on that. We're all intrigued about the second Unsolved Mystery, y'all, because he hasn't told us what it will be. So sit tight, because we're intrigued <laughs> as well. <laughs> yep, so even better, right? So, well, let me go ahead and introduce our usual awesome co-hosts here of State of the Republic, Sharon and Jared. Let's go all the way over to Elk Grove. How's it going, Sharon? Elk Grove, California is sitting pretty, you know, with the rain over the weekend and a winning match. And, you know, of course, saying farewell to September, my birth month, and welcoming in October, which is like the real season when we get, you know, fall weather here, which is predicted to not be very fallish uh, this year. You know, I'm, everything is doing great, you know? So, and Jared, how's there? How's it going in Avondale? Avondale. Aven, wait, what? Avondale. Avondale. Not the one in, in New Zealand, although I know somebody that lives in, the, in that one. But uh, it's finally starting to get to be not summer season here. We're actually below 90 degrees as the high here, but that's going out the window this coming weekend. And uh, like Sharon had said, it's the end of September, end of her birth month, so I'm trusting somebody has woken up Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day since it's October now. But no, it's uh, excellent weather, finally, and I'm sure in a few weeks I'm going to be, be griping about the cold. I, t- I totally welcome that, having dealt with the heat here. But yeah, I mean, I cannot wait to dive into to these matches now that I finally have a voice again. I thought yeah. I might have... Uh, I thought I might have lost it last weekend from the concerts I went to and might have lost it yesterday since our boy Melvin was, was back officiating against us yesterday. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. We were, could you hear us screaming in the stands, his name? Well, I got a better question. Did you hear some of my Italian profanities from, from Arizona? <laughs> there may have been a couple. Hey, but on a brighter note, you realize October is Luis Urbano's birth month. So we get to celebrate all month long because I think he's going to be 29 again. I mean, he looks so young. He could pull off 29. Luis, what's, what's your age going to be? Oh, and how are you doing, Luis? <laughs> uh, let's keep it at 29. Actually, I like staying at that. I don't mind every single year 
wish me happy birthday, but uh, let's stick with 29. I, I like that number. That's a it's a pretty good one too. <laughs> um, I'll be turning 32, so still still in the minute. down pillar of the 30s. 32 or 30 also as and I only turned 30 this year so you're turning 32 also oh <laughs> basically Luis is uh, having a blink 182 moment talking about what's my age again <laughs> <laughs> basically well I'm doing good it was really awesome to be able to experience a win yesterday and be a part of history right with Davian making his debut and you guys have already probably seen, right, that news has, like, gone worldwide. Different outlets have picked it up right there. The team put us in the shot. I don't know if you saw it, Sharon. I'm kind of blocked a little bit. I could barely see myself, but I could clearly see my uncle and uh, Brent as well. And Tina. A-, a little bit of you, Sharon, but more of Brent. Brent really stood out. I guess, I mean, he's a tall guy, right? So <laughs> he stood out uh, amongst everyone else, but... But it was really awesome. I mean, I I didn't expect it at all, too. And I know some of y'all were like whispering, like, hey, I think he's uh, getting ready to maybe step on the pitch for a few minutes. So good match to do so as well. And in my opinion, I think it was already planned for far in advance, too, especially to go with the theme of the night, which was a uh, youth soccer day, because I, I think it was all really perfectly timed. And plus, there's a lot of media there. So I think that they may have shared that with a few outlets to get him out there too but but it was awesome i think it all worked out perfectly and the very few minutes we saw him which wasn't that much was uh, really great i think he he put a really good pass to zico which could have been a goal but zico i think was trying to figure out <laughs> where to shoot from but yeah so that, that was awesome yesterday also got to try some nachos for the first time our whole park which were uh, pretty good a little bit high on the price wheel but that that's that's how it is right we know stadium food can be a little pricey at times but but they were good though at, at least i gotta say but sometimes it can be worth it though and i had just discovered a, a good uh dish at a couple of phoenix rising matches out here lately unfortunately we didn't see it when luis was out here back back in june but they have a venezuelan uh, street uh, plate platter which is yucca fries which are kind of like potatoes carne asada, chorizo, they have the green salsa. And for $18, it was a pretty big order because I because both times I ordered it, I ended up taking more than half of it home with me. So definitely, you know, there's definitely good stadium food out there. It's just a matter of comparing price with the portion you get. And there's a Twitter feed that I follow specifically for that. And I'll make mention of that later on. Oh, you're going to leave us hanging just like Luis's Unsolved Mystery. Thanks, Jared. Hey, it's 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 a uh, it's a podcast version of a food line. We gotta wait in in real life, so <laughs> jeez. Oh my god. And speaking of speaking of food lines, when my sister showed up at the match yesterday, which was kind of at halftime or a couple minutes before, she plunked herself down next to me. She looked exhausted and she goes, The food lines are so long and I'm so hungry. And I'm going to, there's, there's something I'm going to mention in my losses of gratitude about all of that. So we'll get to that in a minute. And you know who was to blame for that situation? Foodie Land. So thank you, Foodie Land, for you know, organizing your event again during the weekend when there's a Sac Republic match. You had a lot of weekends before when we were out traveling, when we had that long travel month. <laughs> Nothing was going on. So Yeah, and so yeah. it took her, well, she doesn't always 
get to the match on time. Louise, you know that. (laughs) Thankfully, she doesn't listen to these podcasts. So I'm kind (laughs) of tossing her under the bus bus, just a little bit, just a toe. But (laughs) even so, it, it took her a long time. She said the line to get into the parking lot was at the freeway exit. And Mm. so she said she was in the conga line along Expo to even get to the place where you pay for your parking. Anyhow, I felt I felt for her. Now, speaking of parking, I do have a complaint. Uh, We should have a section for complaints as well. It worked out for all of us, right? Great. Parking wasn't $15. It was $10. But it was because Foodie Land was being organized. So why is it that our parking went up to $15, but Foodie Land gets $10 parking when they're not hosting Foodie Land every single weekend? So what's going on, Calix? Well, come on. We're better uh, tenants than they are. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're consistent. At least we show up 28 times a year. Wait, not 28. How many home games were there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there were, let's see, 17 home All games. Because right. there's 34 total, yeah. We show up 17 and playoffs and preseason. So we pay you guys quite a bit of money. Oh, and cup as well. Cup games too. So. Oh, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, 20 plus easily. 20 yeah. plus every year. So, yeah. Again, more the reason for us to have our own stadium, which we're still waiting on news for that. But hopefully something is, is said. <laughs> uh, we won't get too into the weeds of that, too, because we know we can get If we get into the weeds of a, of, a, of a stadium, we'll trigger a few people and <laughs> who shall remain nameless right now. But we don't. We don't need to trigger any of our friends. <laughs> they know who they are. Um, <laughs> but hey, uh, uh, I'll join in on those conversations too. Maybe not so much on here, but offline <laughs> all the time until we actually get news on that. All right, Sharon, go ahead and uh, get us introduced to Golos of Gratitude. And now one of my favorite segments, Golazas of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some galazos of gratitude. And my first galazo of gratitude goes out to, um, well, there's a bunch, sorry. It was like a serious birthday week last week, and I know we already talked about my big cleanup last day because we recorded after I'd done, I had done that, so that one's already in the past, but I will say, Michael Donato of Sac Republic, you know, I, I, I don't know his title exactly, but he is kind of a, che- a big cheese kind of a guy. He was able to secure me an extra VIP ticket so that my friend Brett could go in with me, nosh, grab a couple of drinks, and then figure out when it cooled off just a, a little bit more, you know, to get into our regular seats in the stands. And I really appreciate that generosity. I was willing to um, turn in tickets because I had some ticket credits. I was going to turn some tickets in so that to cover the cost of the VIP, but I didn't have to do that. But uh, I don't want to go back to the complaints. We'll go there later. Um, Anywho. And then the other ones were um, Wednesday. I had asked some friends to join me for a birthday bike because they couldn't join me on Monday night which was my birthday day, which was fine because I was too tired to do anything that night anyhow. But on Wednesday, Keko, his wife, Patty, their two kids, Jorge, whom you all know, who gives me great predictions. Thank you so much for the great predictions. 
he and his his wife Jessica and their two kids showed up. Dimitri, a friend of mine who knows Dimitri and Adriana know Jorge and Keko because they run Elite Soccer Academy. They showed up with one of their kids and we just had this great time at Macaroni Grill in El Grove that put up with us and all the kids running around and, you know, just everything was so perfect and it was so wonderful and felt felt so warm, you know, being joined by my friends at kind of like a, yeah, I'll give you 24 hour notice to say that you want to come to dinner with me. And they all said, yeah, sure. It's like, great. Yay. So we're going to have another birthday celebration. And then unbeknownst to me, I go to a comedy show on uh, Friday, uh, Saturday night. And I'm just supposed to meet up with five other girlfriends that everybody knows because they're all Republic fans. And that's how I know them. I walk up, I'm the last one there. And they weren't expecting me to be the last one there because I'm usually early, but I wasn't. They had a charcuterie, they had like a birthday cake, charcuterie, uh, specialty wine glasses. They'd already gotten a couple. I mean, they had it all set up. It was a birthday party, another with gifts, another birthday party. It's like, it was so splendid. And so a big shout out to Tina, Jane, Rosa, Chris, Anselin. I love you guys. It was so special. We were actually just supposed to watch, you know, Cougars on the Run or some funny name like that. We actually had fun. It was just delightful. It's perfect. It was perfect. Thank you, everybody. Great birth- way to shut down, you know, the birthday month. It was lovely. It was excellent. And we're on to October. So those are my glosses of gratitude, and I couldn't be more humbled and thankful. Jared. All right. Well, I definitely want to give a glass of gratitude, first of all, to the Scott for being my proxy. And unfortunately, with this week, well, I'll put it this way, even even the Omen uh, takes a holiday sometimes. I mean, I, I should know, but you know, I, I know he definitely had big aspirations for the score and the all the other categories that we go for for the podcast at Dinner Winner. He's still got a good record, so he's still good. And also, big wowzers of gratitude to John, who was who I believe he was able to help out this past, not this past Sunday, but Sunday I was absent because of the concert. So always great, great to have him. But one of these times, I, I got to get back on there again with John as well. I mean, because it's been ages since since I've chatted with him, other than our own private chat. And also, big uh, wowzers of gratitude going out to the club as well for. They're beating Las Vegas again this time, and possibly I might have had a role in that because I managed to stay away from the sports books this time around. So I'll, I'll expect some clauses of gratitude for not cursing us in that one. <laughs> Those are some of the uh, the biggest ones I've got for for right now, Luis. How about you? All right, so I have a few here. So the first one goes out to the team, every single player in the team for signing a jersey, the away jersey to be specific and giving it to Sharon as a gift. She shared the picture. I thought that was just really amazing that the entire team signed a jersey. They knew who it was going for, and it's it's just really great, right? Ten years have gone by, and every single generation of players, they still know who you are, Sharon, and that's, that's really awesome. You know, the fact that you're not working there anymore, but they still create that community with you because they know that you've been there since the beginning. So hats off to them. That made That actually made my eyes wet. Thank you for saying that, Luis. You were so sweet. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really amazing. I think it's maybe like the first time that I see that. 
happen too, right? I mean, and that that takes a lot, right? I mean, everyone going through signing a jersey and and everyone knew like where it was going to. So that that's that's just really awesome on on their part. Also, one to you, Sharon, for the two tickets that you gifted my uncle and I. That was really awesome. It was interesting actually being able to experience the first half so high up because I've never actually been able to sit all the way up there. And I was just actually telling my uncle that I don't know why we've never gone all the way up there, especially when the fair is going on, to take a really cool shot of like all the fair rides and all that. And just in general, like the pitch at night. So we'll definitely be going back up there whenever the fair is around again to get one of those really epic shots that usually the team gets and and all that. But for us to also have that and share it around our posts and all that stuff. And then also to my uncle, it's always really awesome when I get to go to a game with them too. And as many of you know, very first game I went back in 2015 was because of him, because my car wasn't all that great back then. And I didn't really have the confidence of being able to drive to Sacramento with it too. So thankfully he took me back in 2015. And ever since then, especially in past years, we've gone to and more games together. So really awesome. And and he gives us good records. Very rarely have we not won when he goes to a match. So he could be the, the lucky charm there. And also one more out to every single person who attended the match yesterday, because I know that maybe a lot of the tickets may have been comp, right? Because of the youth soccer night, night and all that. But man, you might get free tickets, but we know a lot of places do give out those comp tickets and people still don't go. So the fact that people still made the effort to go out there and support the team and make sure it was a really exciting I guess you know, they called it sold out crowd. But I would just say more like total capacity kind of crowd, right? Just because of not all the seats were, were sold. But that looked amazing having that atmosphere. And I expect to see that playoff time. Hopefully, I know tickets, well, we'll talk about it a little bit here shortly with Sharon and the pricing. They're going to go up. Hey, it's a playoff game. You don't get to see those every day. So if you have to spend a few more dollars, then it's it's worth it to experience that as well. So that's what I got. You know, and you, you, you reminded me to not only thank, you know, the squad, but there was so much going on this last week with the squad and with the front office. They were managing end of renewals. They were managing renewals. They were managing people wanting more tickets. They were managing youth soccer day, you know, with all the hullabaloo that goes with that. They were managing Kimbrough's you know, the, the marketing of, mm. of Davi and Kimbrough, they were managing the marketing of the match. They were managing the standings. They were managing so much. Mm. There were so many moving parts to the match on Sunday that I have to hand it to the staff for not literally losing their sh- Can I say that word? They didn't lose. You almost said it. Yeah, but I won't block you this time too, but <laughs> people will know what it is too. You almost said it. You missed one letter, but I know, right. <laughs> But they, you know, everybody did really well, you know, aside from the long lines that, you know, the, the vendors, the food vendors and the, Mm. and the food trucks, but they did such a great, such a great job, all of the staff. And I will say one more glass of gratitude when my sister landed in the stadium and she was tired, hungry, mostly hungry, thirsty water and exhausted from the long drive and the weight she looked at me and she goes, is there anything, is there anything you can do, Sharon? And I was like, 
Let me go back in because sometimes if you go back into VIP after everybody has gone through the food line, and this was halftime, mind you, everybody should have already gotten their food. I went back in and I just asked, can I please, my sister's vegetarian, can I please just have a plate of your two salads? Because they have two beautiful salads. And she looked at me and she goes, yes, you can have another plate. You know, because in the olden days, it was an all-you-could-eat buffet. You could go back as many times as you want. And then, you know, they always had food. Now they give you one coupon. You get to go through one time and they always have gobs of leftover food. So I helped them and helped my sister and gave her a plate. But I really want to thank the, you know, the the food vendor yesterday for allowing me to do that. That's called being big hearted and generous and kind. And my sister was a happy girl after the whole thing because she actually <laughs> recovered from being exhausted. And then you could hear her. Louise, I don't know if you, when you came in the second half, she was kind of quiet at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then once the food hit, she started <laughs> to get louder and cheer because she had energy again. She had some good food in her belly. So it was all she needed. And that thanks goes to Sac Republic. Yeah, I heard her plenty of times uh, shouting, Luis, for, of course, her, for Luis Felipe, two times she got me. She got me the two times of like, being like, wait, she called me like two times. It happened. So see, now you see what, what I go through with, with uh, Jared Zimmer on the pitch and you've got uh, Luis Felipe on the pitch. Like, yeah, Luis. And he's like, what? What? What I do? <laughs> well, my sister calls out the passes. She's just adorable. She'll sit there and she'll go, she'll go, Luis Felipe to Roro to Jack. Jack, Jack to Seba. And she's just sitting there just, she's like announcing who's passing it to whom. And then if I happen to not, you know, be watching you guys have heard me say this before, she literally will, Sharon, 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 look. And it's like, I was just doing a social media post about that last thing that just happened, blah, blah, blah. So I don't even do social media while I'm watching the game because I'm afraid I'm going to get busted by my sister because she's so into the game. And so I'll do it for you. Luis, Luis, Jared, Jared, Jared. Oh, my God. We still love Jared was the phrase. We still love you, Jared. But it wasn't you, Jared. It was Jared Timmer, Jared, because he got yelled yelled at by Mark Briggs. (laughs) He said... (laughs) <laughs> he said to the effect of open your fucking mouth <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. okay so, so at that at that point i'm glad it, i'm it's not me being used in that sentence then. okay I, I i feel a little bit better feel a little bit sad for for the other jared but <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm i'm not the one facing coach coach freaks wrath so I, i'm cool with that <laughs> after that one we were all like we still love you jared <laughs> it could catch you off guard though if jared was watching you could be like what did i do coach what did i do okay, I... <laughs> coach i'm all the way in section 602 what did i do <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the, the mark briggs i think this whole match i know we're gonna get into it well we are into it he wanted his men to communicate and initially there was so much communication you could hear everybody talking connor jared you could even hear shane communicate because he usually is quiet and i think even luis felipe i might have heard him a little bit definitely heard keko holy smokes you could hear keko communicating but a lot of guys are kind of more quiet and i, th- I don't know if jared is normally 
a quiet or not quiet guy, but to hear Mark yell at him, it's like, but Jared's, Jared's actually, you know, he's decent. He's just, he does really, really well. We really like him. Okay. He just got kind of clobbered by <laughs> some comments. But after that, you know, he talked. He was being more communicative. He's like, Jared, be like Jared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and know what? He, he may have been shouting at Jared too, because you know how coach doesn't like fans shouting at refs, right? How he wanted us to like tone it down. And Jared said he was using some Italian, right? Over in section six. Right? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't the only one cursing at, at Melvin Rivas. I mean, in the Discord server I, I was in, we actually ha- have a chat, a live chat going on during the match. So it wasn't just me. It was both Nick in, in, in the voice chat, as well as our overseas friend, Jam Winga in the UK, who's watching by way of YouTube. So... That's the thing that uh, he that uh, they've started up on Saturdays and Sundays. They'll do like a live in-game voice chat through the Republic FC uh, fan base Discord. So there's more more than just me cursing at the ref uh, during the match, especially Melvin Rebus. And I had to kind of clue them in on on the legend that is Melvin Rebus. Not a good legend either. Oh yeah, no, 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 not good at all. Well, let's go ahead and get into the game, the game in which Mel and Rivas officiated. And clearly, Las Vegas didn't get a yellow card. And both Jared and I are super disappointed. We didn't like the guy before the game. And now I think Jared, I don't even know what, what's after not liking our ref. Like, he's just, I don't know. He's, he's maxed out already. <laughs> like, now he took points away from us. He gave a point to Sharon. We're probably out of like contention who knows maybe we can recover who knows but but yeah but overall i mean the stats say the whole story right i mean shots we got 19 shots las vegas light six shots now even though we got 19 shots only five of those were on target and las vegas did get two out of the six on target so we still have to work on our shooting because that's quite a few shots and that's why i said at the beginning this match could have easily been way more like amplified with goals, right? It could have easily been a 4-0, 5-0, could have been more, right? What were you guys' thoughts? So the shots on target thing is a little misleading because some of the shots were on target, but they got deflected before they actually could be considered on target. We shot a lot in, and they got blocked by their defenders. But had they not been blocked by a defender, they would have been on, on target, essentially, and that would have caused the keeper to make a save. So I don't know how shots on target are reflected when they've been blocked. Because there were there were several, and I, Jared, I know you probably could see it. I don't know, Luis, you're at the the other end in the in the first half. I don't the the direction that the shots were made would have been on target, but then there was a deflection, you know, by a defense, not by the keeper, by the defender. So I don't know if that's counted or not. Sure would have counted in my book because it was going straight at him, you know. So I, I got to give credit to our guys for trying to pull the trigger a little bit more from any angle. I don't know if there's a shot distribution heat map at all loaded, but you could see from all of our all of our players that there was a really good shot distribution of from from you know outside inside the box headers there was just there was a lot of that going on you know we really thought Luis Felipe was going to get a goal at one point in time and I was going to be sad because it wasn't Keiko and everybody else was like cheering him on and you know I was like oh this is going to be it and then it's like no we need 
We need Gecko to score <laughs> for me, for the point. <laughs> and he did it. Anyhow. Yeah, I'm sure that heat map on uh, the USL Championship website must be, must have been lit up uh, from the match. I mean, I've seen multiple opportunities and more shots on target than, than this stat uh, on Google shows because I know we had a lot of opportunities. Some of them may not have exactly hit the, hit the uh, post or anything like that, but they were centimeters away from, from going in or crossing the line. So I... I question this uh, shots on goal stat for us because there there had to have been a lot more that actually had a chance. I know it's something that we've ha- had to fight with in the past as far as finishing opportunities. Uh, they definitely were occupying Las Vegas's defensive end, but just they were either not able to get a shot to close in or the ones that they did get to within arm's reach of the goalkeeper for Las Vegas just did not go in, went across, but... I know it was definitely not for lack of effort. I mean, they were taking every opportunity to to get in there because we wanted to make this a goal fest. Kind of was a little bit if, if you think about it compared to some other matches, but they def they definitely put the foot in it effort wise to get as as much opportunities created and chances as possible. So definitely not a bad night as far as the shots go. Yeah, you could definitely tell why Las Vegas is last place. Right, and why were why this match was like first against last? I mean, night and day between both teams too, and that's exactly what we expected. But again, you can never know with Las Vegas. Right, they might be last place, but we see them pull quite shockers this season. Right, and they're very few wins that they have. They've gotten them against some teams that you would have expected to actually pull together and and get the win there. But let's go ahead and take a look at the goals that came in the second half. Like Sharon said, first half should have been, there should have been some goals, right? Because we had a lot more opportunities. I mean, I don't even remember really much opportunities by Las Vegas in the first half. It felt like we were seeing, especially again, my uncle and I's point of view over in section ND at the very top, the ball really wasn't coming by closer to our side. It was more on the opposite and over by BIP with the sack having more of the possession there too. And that's that's how the first half was really right. That's why it's shocking we didn't get a goal at least. Yeah, Las Las we Vegas were... had a couple chances, but yeah, uh, yeah, not that many. Yeah, they did have they did have a couple chances. There were a couple times where if it wasn't for Danny Videolo or one of our defenders, they would have been able to slip something by us. They were really trying hard, and their coach was really trying to get them to be compact. And then to spread, you know, because you could see his body language and what he was motioning for his squad to do, you know, was to get compressed and then and move out and then, you know, like quickly move away from being compressed in the middle part of the field. You know, he was he was guiding them because that draws us in. And then he was trying to exploit, you know, some of the shifts that we had made. But our guys very, you know, handled the pressure pretty well. Jared, Danny Videolo, he had. He had to make a couple saves. You know, I, I want to see in the first half, he had to do something remarkable, if I remember right. There was a shot directed straight at his gut, and he caught it, and that would have been a goal if it was any other keeper, I think. I mean, definitely not Carlos. Carlos probably would have caught it too, but I think any other keeper, because he was a little blinded by a defender, and it ended up he was able to to, to catch it. So, you have it in the four four minutes and twenty seven seconds. The goalkeeper saved by Danny Videolo. There was a 
one good one there. Yep, right, right there. That was in the second. Oh, that was half? in the second yeah, half. Yeah, that was in the oh, second okay. half. Yeah. Why does it say four? Oh, four twenty-seven about the. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, they, they may have not actually clipped mm-hmm. that one too. Which I, I mean, sometimes they miss some of the highlights. I've we we've seen it before, right? There's some moments yeah. that are sometimes missed out. I mean, I mean, this game had so many opportunities, like we said. So, I mean, I could see why it must have been hard for them to figure that one out. Yeah, and, that's a good point. Uh, what was going to be there. But speaking on the first goal and also the goal that got sharing a point here and whatnot here, uh, it happened in the 57th minute. And who else but the guy who actually gets the goal to start the playoff, right? And how awesome is it when you see the guy who gets the goal end up being the one who starts the play, right? It's almost like good karma. Like, hey, you started the play. You deserve the goal. (laughs) You made the effort, right? You saw, you had the vision, right, of the play. And that's exactly what happened here with Keiko giving the pass to uh, Seba, who was open. And then Seba saw him. Seba knew what was going to happen, right? I mean, Keiko gives gives him the ball. And these are things they probably practiced during the week, right? Like, I'm going to pass the ball to you. I'll make a quick run. Get it back to me. It's a total give and go. It's a total give and go. And they were watching Seba because he was doing a lot of shooting. So they were kind of, their defenders were keeping an an eye on Seba. You are right, Luis. It was the whole Mac truck approach, right? The classical Mac truck approach is is coined by Sharon right there. That's what Keiko did. He he walked through their defense and got the goal there. And I mean, we know if Keiko has the ball like that, he's going to score the goal, right? I mean, he was right there. He was right (laughs) there there to pull the shot. So. He got the goal. Did you see how the defender that should have continued tracking Keko ended up going over to Seba, which left Keko basically unmarked? And so the the player that was marking Keko was on the wrong side of Keko. He was on his back, Keko's backside. And so so the the player that was coming across, see, he's behind Keko. You never let your you never let your striker get in front of you, you know, that position. And guess what? If that ball hadn't gotten in and it was a rebound, knockdown rebound, Russell was sitting right there camping out. He was ready to go for that knockdown rebound. We framed that we framed that situation perfectly because we had all the people doing all the right things. So if somebody missed it, we had Aldair as cleanup. We had, you know, we just, it, this was probably one of the most technically perfect organizations on the attack. And I don't know if, they talked about that in the locker room, just like, hey, if you guys just go back to basics and frame the goal the way you're supposed to frame it and do a little give and go in front of the goal, boom, you're in, you've got the goal. And sure enough, that's what we got. This is just another clear textbook example of Keko going Iberian ham on defenders. I mean, <laughs> look, looking at this, I mean, this is just a, a work of art. I mean, he packed. Passes it over, gets it right back, and bang. If this was on ice, this would be a clear-cut uh, one-timer. I mean, by just how how clear and concise this uh, th- this maneuver was. Taps it over to a teammate, gets it back to him, boom, right in the back of the net. I mean, you so can't pretty. do it much better than that. So pretty. So pretty. And now Luis Urbano has moved up to a time in the match where – our our fellas well fouled Las Vegas, which I don't remember if this was who who fouled the Las Vegas players, probably <laughs> Luis Felipe or somebody like that, or Seba, who knows? Because <laughs> those guys have a tendency to do that. So 
Las Vegas had a free kick in a very dangerous location. And it was also a direct free kick. It wasn't indirect. So the guy who was taking the shot, the direct shot, he was allowed to, you know, shoot directly on goal without penalty or without having an issue. Oh, and now he's moved ahead to get another <laughs> save of Danny Vidiolo, which was the uh, cat-like reflex of batting with his one paw in the air, batting a ball up and over the top of the net. And that was literally just like a cat, just like a cat. I've watched my cats do that numerous times when I flick something at them and they leap into the air with one paw and they smack it. And that's exactly what Danny Vidiolo did right here. So thank you, Luis Urbano, for giving us this fabulous goalkeeper save in the 67th minute. Yeah, that's very well put. Yeah, actually, cat-like reflex right there by our Danny V. Which I see, Jared. I feel like Jared, Jared's got a nickname. Like, like, like he's thinking of a nickname. I almost see you like thinking of like, what well, can we start maybe giving him a, a nickname? Another well, nickname. Not, well, not necessarily a nickname, but the one thing that's on my mind after seeing this save for USO offices in Tampa, if this does not become a Save of the Week nominee to, tomorrow, I demand all the human monies as well as pub subs delivered to, to my address in, in reparation for this because this was an amazing save that Danny put. I mean, I know Danny's been a, a little bit slightly off the game last month, but this just shows he is back in his groove again. I mean, the fact that he's making these kind of saves, you know, awareness is off the charts lately, and also his reflexes are back to where we, we know they've been. So this just proves Danny is back. I'm, lo- I'm loving it so far, and I know probably tomorrow or Wednesday, as recording time, we'll probably get more of an idea on what his goals against average is as far as the race for the Golden Glove, but this was a, a very beautiful save. And I think those of us sitting together, I think Tina may have said, and, and Tina, you'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. I think she said something like, I'm going to have to rewatch this to see the save. I think this was the save she wanted to rewatch. Or, yeah, and then maybe she wanted to rewatch the goal by Luther. Who knows? But I think the save was also on her list. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one to watch over and over again, right? Because it wasn't an easy save to to do there, but. But yeah, that nice, nice dub for the save, <laughs> for the save that happened in the 68th minute there by uh, Danny. Now let's go ahead and fast forward to that goal by Jared. Do us the honors. Oh, 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 Luther, aren't you mad? <laughs> well, first of all, let's go ahead and break down this goal. I mean, just shortly after that save, we've got Luther Archimed just running up, surrounded by defenders. And then once he finds his spot, he just goes to prove that his scoring game is never too much, never too much, never too much. (laughs) But Roro found him with pinpoint accuracy, which I think was the hidden. I mean, that was like the little secret sauce to this goal by Luther. You don't want to take anything away from Luther, but Roro finding exactly this giant. I mean, come on, Luther's like seven foot one. Not really, but you know, he feels that way to his defenders because he is so tall, right? And he, he was found perfectly by Roe. So that was good. But isn't there a jingle that I do not like that you have to sing for this Luther thing that Luis Urbano wants to bring back? And I wish we would just bury it. Well, he just, he just sang it, but I mean, I'll, I'll replay it again. Here we go. Say it with me. 
oh, 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 Luther. There you go, yo. With me included now this time. So there you go. We're just waiting for you, Sharon, too, because me and Jared kind of did the the duel for it too. But come on, we need we need we need the trio singing it now. No. I'll put it this way: we can have Sharon beatbox it. You know. I thought. Wait a minute. I I thought that there was a jingle for Luther that wasn't what you just sang. It was something that I refused to sing. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the one. It was that one that you just sang. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah. Oh God. Well, whatever. <laughs> she has it that far out of her mind. <laughs> yeah, not, that not I don't say, even recognize it. Yeah. Not I mean, to say she doesn't want to lose it a score, but just no. I yeah, I yeah, want because, lose it a score a lot, but I don't want the. There was a part of the jingle that it was like, oh, never mind. The last part of the original? I mean, <laughs> I, either way, we're, we're, we're going to have to work on a remix for her. We'll, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, no. We'll, we'll, we'll sort something out by, by playoff time. Oh, God. Oh, oh God, yeah. Please help me. Please help me with these two guys. Please. <laughs> now, 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 of course, I don't exactly have Luther Vandross's uh, bars, but you know, I'll, I'll figure something out. You know, maybe, oh. maybe, maybe this weekend or, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe even next year once I get back from Huntington Beach next month. So we'll work something out. Sharon just said something that's going to be a part of the remix. I got part of the remix now. You guys could hear it if you guys listen to our blooper section. Sharon just said something that will be pieced after our uh, dual interpretation of the Luther song. And it's going to sound really funny. So. Oh, God. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to that. But yes, in fact, Luther was the one who ended up scoring the goal right here. And and yeah, I mean, it was like Sharon said, it just perfectly placed. And I got to say with Roto, he got subbed in. And man, we, we all know, right? When you get subbed in, he makes such a difference, right? Man, uh, we, we could say this over and over again, right? The guy has an amazing vision, right, of the game. He knows where to put the passes to. And... In that first part of the second half, Sharon, when we were, again, we're by Andy being up so high, you get a different perspective of some of the players and being able to see the game, you know, not from like a horizontal view, more like a vertical view of sorts. And I observed that Roro a lot and, and what he was doing. And it's it's really interesting. I mean, the things that you kind of miss, I think, when you're watching in the midfield that you could notice when you're on the other side and you're able to like get a better perspective of the midfield, right? Especially of the center midfielders and how they're distributing the game. And it, it was great to, to see him there. And man, when we wish we would have Roro for years, right? That, that's another unsolved mystery, a little bonus. I know we're going to get to that, but yeah. Roro, are you going to come back next season or is this the last season? Because I keep thinking that, oh, this might be the last season, but is he going to surprise us and maybe be like, well, maybe one more season? Or... Yeah, maybe, but I'll oh. tell you what, anytime Roro Roro was playing a defensive match too, he was getting in there defensively as well when he was on the pitch and he would do things like stick his leg out really far to try to get the ball in the air, you know, because he does have, you know, 
pretty good flexibility. But all of us older people were cringing. It's like, no, don't break the hip again. Well, he didn't break his hip. But, you know, we were like, no, don't put your leg up when a guy is running by you. We were like freaking out because of, you know, the injury he had earlier this season. And we were so nervous. Every time Roro got stuck in defensively or he did a sliding tackle, we're all like cringing. It's like, no, we don't want you to get injured again. We need you. So, but he was fine. You know, it's just like this iron, you know, he just, you just put him back together. That What is it? The Tin Man? You put him back together and he just keeps going. He's just like, add a little oil and he's just like, he's good. WD-40. WD-40. And this might be something that maybe some of the younger folks might remember or pick up on. I mean, I'll put it this way. The stanky leg is meant for the dance floor, not the pitch. Stop breaking stuff. Stop breaking stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's funny you say that, Sharon, too, because same thing I was telling to my uncle, too. Every time I saw a roll drop or something or maybe like flex a little bit too much, it's like you might want to like just like be more careful, right? If you're retiring this season, well, make sure you retire healthy, right? right. Like that's the last thing we want to see is like if he does end up you know, deciding to to do so, it's like we we still want to we want to see you on the pitch, for yeah. that, whatever that last match might be. So, so before yeah. we finish up on the watching, you know, some of the replays, you do okay. So the weirdest sub that we all thought was weird after we went one goal up, I think we had just scored the goal for Keko just scored the goal, and they were ready to make subs right after Keko scored, and they. Before he scored, they were getting the subs ready and they were planning on taking Connor Donovan out. So we'd have more of an attack and then Keko scores and they're lining up our subs. I think it was after Keko. I don't think it was after. Yeah, it was after. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, whoa, wait, we just scored. Do we really still have to bring Connor Donovan off the field in exchange for more, more attack? And the answer to that was, yeah, we're going to go with a two-man center back system again. And it was just poor Shane. It was, and my sister was like, well, who's going to drop? There's only two. It's just Shane and Jared. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Nikki is going to, Nick Ross is going to have to drop in a little bit and fill in defensively. Luis will not be able to track up field as much because he may have to drop in. And, and we got Aldair and, and we have Jack on the other side. They'll, they'll cover the ground, but all of us were like, oh, we just went up and we are now on a two center back system, which we only use when we're goal down or tied. And so we're just like, well, how's this going to work out? And sure enough, it worked out pretty dang well. We didn't have to hustle. There were no mistakes made, but what did you guys think when all of a sudden it was like row goes in and out comes Connor Donovan. When you saw that in this like 58th, 59th minute, How'd that make you feel? That made me feel really good. And I'm glad you mentioned it, Sharon, too, because major props to Coach Briggs, because what what has been like one of my biggest like criticisms, right, is like, oh, he does the late subs. And and other people have also, you know, kind of caught on to that. But why Connor Donovan? But why Connor Donovan when we just went goal up? Because I think he wanted to make sure that the board went up, that we got more goals that this could eventually turn into a goal fest, which we know okay. it didn't. And I really admire that of any coach that even though your team goes up, you're not parking the bus. You're like, you know what? We're at home. The players are motivated. We've had a lot more opportunities. 
let's get more goals because we're so close to playoff time. And a lot of these guys need more of that confidence, which sucks that Russell wasn't able to get his goal. But hopefully he gets his goal in one of these uh, last two regular season matches. But that that's really awesome. The fact that coach just wanted to keep going. And, and also, I mean, he realized, right, Las Vegas isn't having that many opportunities. He could do this. He could take the risk because there's really not too much, like, danger out back. Yes, they had a few opportunities, but nothing that would make you want to stay with the system. And so he had room to be able to risk it, basically. So props to him. And also, again, for him to sub in Roro, because imagine if we would have seen Roro for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Like... You know, we want to see him more, like get his confidence up as well. Yeah, coach pretty much thought that a reunion between our foot and the gas pedal was way overdue, especially <laughs> against this Las Vegas team. And I don't blame him. Oh, my God. That's the best quote yet for what Coach Briggs ended up doing. <laughs> that's the best quote yet. A reunion between. Yep, that was good. Say and hopefully this again. is the first of many times we see earlier subs, right? It's like, coach. Keep at it. I like to see subs before the 70th minute <laughs> because we're going to have some uh, tough games, especially come playoff time. So great to see him get those subs. Of course, the other subs came in more in the typical sub windows, right? In the 75th minute <laughs> for, for coach and, and the 80 minutes and so forth. And also, you know, I mean, it paid off, right? I mean, Roro's the one who ends up assisting to the second goal and Luther ends up scoring again coming off the bench right and and I've said it before I keep saying it over and over again Luther is such a amazing player when he gets subbed into the match and clearly he keeps showing that and nothing wrong with that because like I always say some players that they're better off coming off the bench but I mean you can't complain right if you're a player who is always like a super sub of sorts if you're scoring left and right Heck, if you only played like 15 minutes plus extra time and you got your goal, I wouldn't care if I wasn't playing the entire game. I got my goal. That's all that matters. Minimal time. And I still get to charge full price. So happy. Yeah, full price. He was so happy. He ran straight to Roro and, you know, that's height difference. You got one of the shortest guys (laughs) on the team and the tallest guy on the team. And the tallest guy on the team lifted Roro like three or four feet off the off the ground and carried him for I don't know how long. And it's like, okay, you just did your leg workout, but you know, it's Luther did a leg workout in the during the match by carrying Roro for I don't know <laughs> like ten yards, he grabbed him and, and carried him. It was a quite the celebration. That's a good selly, you know. Well, given. Let's remember that happened two weeks ago too, right? With Roro jumping onto Luis Felipe's arm. So oh my God. he's got to watch out. I'm like, Roro, come on. Like, it, I mean, it's great, right? He loves to celebrate, but it's like, maybe do that in the championship game. Yeah. When we're trying to lift the trophy. But poor, Ro- poor Roro had no choice. It was, it was Luther that ran straight over and grabbed him and picked him up. I mean, <laughs> poor Roro, you know, he may not have won it, but nope, Luther wasn't having any of it. Luther went and grabbed him and hold, held him up high. So, well, Roro is just getting caught up in so many sellies. I mean, especially two weeks ago. I, I don't know if I was watching uh, Roro or if I was watching Ray Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, this is quite quite the celebration there. And I, I think, I mean, all the guys know that Roro. He might be retiring this season too, so it's it's pretty special to him. So they, I think that's why they all want to go celebrate with the legend, right? The man, the myth, the legend, who again 
might potentially be retiring this season, and you got to yeah, give him a, a good season. Maybe not. I mean, because he was injured. By the way, I love his Manolos, the shoes. You know, he's wearing either <laughs> Jimmy Choo's or Manolos because they got the red sole on the bottom, and that's mm. a – no, I'm kidding. That's not what he was wearing, but still kind of <laughs> like when you have a red sole shoe. We're sorry. I got easily distracted by watching the setup again. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> well, yeah, no, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he – He was injured. He, he does one done. more – yeah, because yeah. he didn't get he didn't get to ch- play for five months. So why not let him play for five months? You know, next season to make up for you know lost time. If he no, stays yeah. healthy and and works out and you know he whatever he's eating, I know he loves his own ceviche. But whatever uh-huh. that man is eating, I want some of that because he's got the fountain of youth locked up. <laughs> Seafood is magic. Yeah, the the benefits of that omega three is uh, coming through. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, as as far as if he's coming back next year or not, I mean, the, the universal thing we got to remember is let's enjoy uh, Roro while we can. He, I mean, he's he's pure magic. Whether he's scoring, whether he's setting up the plays, whether he's mentoring. I mean, yes, the the t- the term field general gets thrown a lot around lately in sports, but this man is, is a true example of it. I mean, we we, we cannot deny it. I mean, if if he's not. Uh, going going up front, he's setting up uh, how how the plays need to go. I, I mean, it's let's just enjoy having Roro as we can. It'd be great if he comes back next year. It would suck if he retires, but you know what? That's further down the road. Let's just worry about the present and, and enjoy his greatness. That's that's all I got to say about it. Yeah. And w- one more thing before we kind of end our talk about this match, and we have to mention this because this match is forever going to be remembered. Because of this moment, right, is Davian Kimbrough making the long-awaited debut, which I was a bit surprised. I didn't think it was going to happen this season. I was like, it might happen next season. I kind of still hold true that I, I was more on the side. And I know this is kind of like divided opinions, right? And we've seen it in our own friendship, too. But I, I was of the opinion that if he was going to get any minutes, they should have happened in a friendly game. But... Really, at the end of the day, based on the few minutes he got in this match, I guess it wasn't too bad. And plus, he actually did get a really good pass, too, right there. That could have been a, an assist, but Sally didn't convert and Zico didn't shoot. But that's that's another story there. But what did you guys think? I want to know what what were what was your guys' thoughts, right? I know that, again, the rumbling, especially us at the stadium, we saw that, too. But also for you, Jared, you see Kimbrough, and I'm sure there was probably shots of, like, the bench talking to Kimbrough, right? So you kind of already had a feel that, oh, he's about to get subbed in before he even like stood up. What'd you guys think? What was your thought on, on this? I, you know, when, when, when he was in the 18, this is the second time he's been in the 18, right? And the first time he was in the 18, we're thinking, oh, good. You know, they're going to put Debian in, but then he didn't, you know, he just made the 18. So he got to experience the nerves of being in the 18, you know, and get that off, you know, get that part done. So now he's in the 18, you know, he warmed up with the team. So, you know, it's kind of like the nerves are starting to fade, but apparently, according to him, he was pretty nervous until he stepped on the field. Once you step in the office, because the field, the line between, you know, the referee and the field, that line, you go into the office. If you know what your assignment is, everything else goes away because you're in the office now you're at work and you have to, you have a project and it's due 
it's due in one minute, it's due in two minutes, it's due in five, you know, every minute that goes by, your project is due every single one of those minutes, whatever it is that you've been trained to do, it's due. And so he just adopted, I was glad to see him at least experience a pro match. I know he's 13, but he was no shorter and no less in stature than any one of the men on the field. So if anyone is listening to this and thinks, his parents gave full blessing. When you have the parents doing that, granted, I had mixed feelings about his age and I still kind of do because I, I want him to be a kid forever. But if if this is something that his heart desires and it seems to be like quite the mature kid for his age, let him have a taste of it because if he can overcome the Freddie Adu syndrome and make something even better for himself, this, you know, in this world, let him go, let, let him follow his dream. Let him, you know, we need someone like him to show other kids what it's like to experience a a high level of athleticism. That's not football. That's not baseball. You know, that's not basketball. This is the world sport. And I don't know. I just, I just think it's kind of cool. And some people claim that we're just marketing him. It's gratuitous marketing and it may be, but it might not be. It could be that this is the culmination of when you play for Sac Republic Academy or any Academy for that matter, when you're playing for the Academy and you've earned your due, you take advantage of it. And this kid is, and so are we, because there's going to be hopefully transfer fees down the road. We'll get a little tiny chunk of that. There'll be appearances. We'll get a tiny chunk of that because we were the first club to sign him to a professional contract. And so the trickle down effect will be in, you know, it'll be out there for our club who had the smarts to grab him before any of the Mexican clubs signed him to a contract. So he was going to get signed. It was just a matter of who. So there you go. I'm done. I got to agree. I mean, the amount of talent this young man has, I mean, it's just overwhelming. We've seen it with some of the the academies that he's played for, the age ranges. He's basically punching above his weight class. I mean, e- even showing in, in years past, he's gone up there with the U16 set that have been around. And, if the, and I totally get where some people are coming from as far as, you know, let him be a kid. I mean, just because he played a few minutes in this game does not automatically mean he's going to be playing 90 minutes every single game for the rest of his youth or anything like that. This just gives him experience. Obviously, his schooling is important, and that's going to be taken care of as well, as, as well as his mental being. If this was too stressful for him, then we know that he would take a step back and say, you know what? Let me hold off on this for maybe a few months or a couple of years or so. And and that's totally understandable, too. But he, he's showing that, albeit the, the first um, few minutes in a professional match were daunting, he clearly shows he's capable of handling it. His size and stature are practically equal to that of uh, folks that are playing on the same field that are 10 or even more years more so. So if he was truly decided to reverse course, he's more than free to do so. And I know I'm certain his parents, you know, keep close tabs on how he's doing. How how's he feeling? Does he want to continue? Does he feel like he needs to take time off? Anything like that? So it's that kind of a parental par- a partnership, you know, that that you need. 
And for some casual folks that barely pick up on the story to say, oh, oh, he's 13. He shouldn't be playing with grown men. Can we look at the Olympics where we have 12 and 13-year-olds that are doing the same and they're they're falling silent about that? I mean, ultimately, it's up to Davion. If he wants to play, he's got the talent for it. If he's up for it, then by all means, as long as he has his parents' blessing for it, then, then let him play. If not, if he decides maybe this isn't the path I want to take, then, you know, he's more than welcome to say so, and his parents would be accepting of that. So let's just see how it goes. As long as everything is done by the book, I say, you know, yeah, let's go for it. As long as he his heart is in it, let, let him play. Oh, yeah. Above all, right? You have to enjoy what you do, and that, that gets translated onto the pitch there as well. I think, I mean, on my side, it's more the risk of an injury, right? Just because, again, older players, we know the tackles, we know all those defenders. I mean, we know he who shall not be named and how bad <laughs> he's been with some of those slight tackles. Like, that could be detrimental, I think, to someone his age, right? Imagine to, like, have this, like, injury and i don't know I, I couldn't even imagine it kind of mess with like your own schooling and all that too but i do think that he could become more of a regular once he turns 15 right because that was about the age that uh, rafa had right when he did his uh debut and we've seen it even with other clubs too like i've seen it in like south america and all that you, you do get like players that are between like 15 to 18 that do get you know like more minutes for any team too and then of course they they get sold to Europe, they're 18, 19, and they make a crazy career out of themselves, right, and and all that. And that's kind of their, like, kind of model, business model of play, and that's why they have such competitive national teams, because they go to Europe at such a young age, and they continue to develop their game, and then that's why you see him winning World Cups and, you know, be, being up uh, in the rankings, too, and, and World Cups in general, so... I think it's it's really interesting, but again, we just have to be patient. And I, I think he still needs to, you know, play more games with the youth levels, right? Build his game up and all that. But I mean, hopefully one day uh, we, we get to see him play for a national team. I know, I know he's gonna have two options. I know everyone, and trust me, I'm a big fan of Mexico and the U.S. All awesome there. But Mexico is in need, I think, more of players nowadays than, than the U.S. <laughs> and you, we all have seen it when they play amongst each other, too. So I'm just saying that that would be really great, especially since there's not that many tall players there. And he's clearly already, like you guys mentioned, taller than most players. In fact, he's taller than Roro and myself. And I always say this, Roro and me are 5'8". So <laughs> the, the kid's already taller than us. So there you go. <laughs> And, you know, it always helps to have tall players, I think, for any squad. So so that's great. I mean, he I think when he got subbed in, it seemed like he was veteran player, right? If no one really knew who the, the kid was, you would have been like, yeah, that's that's a regular player. I mean, look, look how tall he is. Right? So but it'll be interesting to see if uh, he gets more minutes, I think, more in the friendly matches, which I think he probably will. But I think as far as the rest of the games going this season, I don't even know if he's going to be in the bench, right? Since he'd be occupying a, a position that could be like needed, right, for playoff time and all that. So we might not see him till the friendlies. Hopefully he does get some minutes in the friendlies. Though. Like I said, those are the games that he could get, play more minutes so we could see him out on the pitch more there. All right. Well, we covered this already. 
and we've been dwelling on it so much because you guys know when I don't get a point, that's just how it goes. But Sharon, I'm surprised Sharon hasn't been like, hey, talk about it. Well, actually, we kind of already did, but now we're going to officially acknowledge it. <laughs> the podcast winner dinner competition here heading into the last two games of regular season plus one guaranteed playoff game, maybe more. But at the very least, we have three guaranteed <laughs> games after this one here. But Sharon got two points out of this game due to Keiko scoring the first goal and Sacrapola getting the first yellow card. I was close, Tina. If Las Vegas would have just scored on us, which again, not that we wanted. I, I didn't want I wanted Danny to get his clean sheet, but had that happened, I would have gotten a point there and maybe it would have been a little more even. But wait, standings... I think I hear wait. I think I hear like everyone out there listening is clapping their hands for me because it closed out my birthday month, you know, kind of started the new month. I, I don't you hear clapping? You guys hear the clapping, right? I do. And even some whistling, like, you know, yay, you know, that kind of stuff. So thank you, everybody, for your support. And, you know, and, and especially thank you to Jorge for, you know, always picking his favorite dude, Keko. I think he was the one who was whistling that we heard, yeah. <laughs> that was him, yeah. I think, no, he was going, the... <laughs> oh, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to say probably Melvin they may have played a role in it. He realized he, he did Sharon so wrong, so he said, you know what? Let, let me make make it up for, for at least just this one time. Let me go ahead and yeah, get that yellow card out, you know, just this once. So maybe he was saying happy birthday to you as well for that from afar. Yeah, right. Well, I think Melbourne was also hating on, on us, Jared. And, and, and maybe more, more on you, right, since you've, like, criticized him oh, so man. much that he was like, let me see what other way I can I can mess with them directly. So he messed with you directly more than he's already has. He's begging for another meme. I mean, if if we get him again, either in these next two games or during the playoffs, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to step up my meme game against him. <laughs> yeah. So the standings are as follows, y'all. Sharon's leading the way with 24 points. I'm in second place with 20, and Jared's got 18 in third. Sharon's leaving. Sharon's leaving us already. Leaving us hanging too. So. It's going to be a tough one. Not impossible, but we, we still have, again, guaranteed three games. She's already having her mic drop. <laughs> yeah, basically. So a, a lot could be determined. If Sharon wins another round, it's going to be tough heading into playoff time and trying to recover. Now, there might be some bonus points in playoff time, but we'll, we'll see if we, we can convince Sharon to maybe double or nothing a, a playoff game with points but i don't know it might be a bit tough especially when she's leading the way but we'll see if she wants to maybe uh either uh humiliate us or again risk potentially losing out first place having a, an advantage but she has just three weeks to think about it <laughs> or two weeks I yeah either way that's that trophy looks like it's going to be making its way up to sacramento county by the end of the month or middle of the month who knows yeah. Oh, and I got it back there too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it looks like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be packaging that up and uh, leaving it there with Sharon probably during that playoff game, <laughs> especially yeah. if she's already that that far off there. But let's go ahead and give our predictions for RGB against Sac this Saturday in Texas. This hopefully, hopefully it's our last away game. We'll see. Heading into playoff, how 
it all works out. But hopefully we could say, yeah, it's our last uh, away game because the rest are going to be at, at home there. But let's just go to you, Jared. What do you have for this match? Again, happening this Saturday, October 7th at 5 p.m. Well, I know RGV is going to be uh, pretty hungry trying to latch on to any playoff hopes, but I'm going to say uh, 2-1 Republic end up winning it. Uh, as far as first goal scorer, I would like to say, well, I almost want, want to say Russell, but I don't, I don't think he's quite going to do so. So I'm going to go with uh, Keko for my first choice. And if he doesn't uh, score or doesn't see the pitch, etc., etc., I'm going to go with Luther. And then I'm going to say RGV gets the first yellow. Okay, there you go. D- Jared wants the jingle to once again be played <laughs> consecutively. That Jared. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a quick little break, but I'm back. And I have RGV against RGV. Same score as Jared with Sacramento winning. I also have Russell being the first goal scorer because he's like way overdue, but it's probably going to be Kecko. So I put Kecko as if Russell doesn't play, it's Kecko. And I have Sack for first yellow. Just so you guys know, I've been typing. I haven't been writing anything. And like I told you guys, I wrote it before. You're not going to believe it because I think it might be a first. Well, we'd have to go back to all the matches. I said 2-1 Sack as well. You guys could see it there. 1-2, I mean, to be more appropriate, yeah. right, with the home and, and away there first goal score russell just like sharon said russell first <laughs> if russell doesn't see the pitch though i said jack and then first yellow card sack essentially a copy of sharon's except of course i, I say jack if russell doesn't see the pitch but we all said two one sack how crazy is it going to be if it is two one sack and we all get <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just kind of stay static i'll tell you that's well either way Either way, the trophy is not going to be seeing any Arizona dust. So, <laughs> Hey, we have playoffs. And if we go deep into playoffs, everything could change. Especially if Sharon's cool with the, the double or nothing rule I, for playoffs. Yeah. I have to still think about that. I think both Jared and I were thinking about that. I think Sharon yeah, might I, be cool with that. I don't know. Either way, if if some miracle happens and I end up on top, I'm definitely getting a picture of the trophy with, with the Whataburger. Uh, hey, we're supposed to buy you a meal. How are we going to get to you to buy you the meal? Oh, I know how we do it. If we are in the championship against, if we're in the, cha- and, you know, your predictions vault you to the top and we all go because we all committed to going if it's an away match championship. Remember what we said earlier? We will find a way to go. Wait. Even well, it, uh, I mean, I said it, though. Wait, did you guys say it, Sharon? Because uh, if I recall, you guys said if it's in Pittsburgh, oh, you're I right. was the only one that would be going. <laughs> I'd be facing <laughs> the crazy, intense weather of Pittsburgh. Okay, right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Now that... <laughs> now well, that it, if, if, we, if it does end up going to Pittsburgh, as long as we stay away from Butler County, I'm all good. What happened in Butler County? Is that another story for another day? No, that's uh, I, I alluded to it earlier this in the podcast. Oh, yeah. I think it was an offline kind of thing, too, though. But, okay. But he, he yeah. did, yeah. So I, I, see, yeah. I see what you mean. Or it could be Tampa Bay. We could be making a comeback trip to Florida. <sighs> okay, oh, well, that, that's yes. not so bad. Yeah. I would prefer bad. Tampa Bay. 
I would prefer Tampa Bay because at least this way I know there's a Publix uh, two blocks away from the stadium. Oh, that would be great. That would be a good. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, for, forget like pregame to postgame as well. It could be a pregame and postgame at Publix. There you go. Yeah. That, All that'd right. Be fantastic. So, so, anyhow, so that's where we are. And the standings are the standings. I think everybody knows that we're. We're first in the West, but we're not first in the league, which sucks because that's going to play into whether we host, if we make it that far, is if we, you know, host the final or not. And right now it's looking really slim that that would happen should we make it all the way because Pittsburgh in regular league has 63 points, whereas we only have 58. Pittsburgh would have to lose all of the remaining two matches. We would have to win our two remaining matches. So that's kind of going to not happen. And then the same thing with uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies. If if they have to, anyhow, I don't even want to think about some of these stats because we, we just, we just want to keep going, you know, as deep as we can in, in playoffs. Right, Luis? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Pittsburgh plays against Tampa Bay in one of those. So yeah. we're either going to have to root for pittsburgh or root for a tie but yeah. if pittsburgh wins i mean and if we win we could be second place overall they can kind of do us the favor but then we would hope that pittsburgh gets knocked out sorry right. pittsburgh but yeah. uh, we would be rooting for them to to get knocked out so yeah that's that's kind of how the situation is there but uh, overall we want to be above uncle ruckus fc and we are right now three point differential from them and should they lose one more match we'd be great because we, we could actually guarantee first place if they lose, because if we tie in points, we win the tiebreaker. Yeah. And, and let's and let and let's remember we have a good chance on that because uh when San Antonio FC was playing against Oakland this past weekend, their goalkeeper, uh, Jordan Farr, who we remember got, got a red card when they played us in June, did the same thing. He ended up getting a red card as the game drew, drew to a close. And of course he's gonna be Unavailable for selection this coming Saturday as they take on Orange County. So that's going to work in our favor. We we can afford for Orange County to beat San Antonio. We cannot afford San Antonio to win and in whatever our result is because that's not going to look good for us. But ultimately, for this weekend, we're going to have to cheer a little bit for Orange County and, of course, any other teams to lose. So we're just going to roll with what we got. And don't forget... Because of the fact that Republic FC are playing in Texas on Saturday, it's going to be an earlier kickoff, so 5 p.m. Pacific in Arizona time. So it's going to be a good one this coming weekend. Yeah, those good old early Saturday games that then let you enjoy your Saturday evening close to 7 p.m. there. All right, well, there's one more thing we need to talk about, and you guys have kind of been waiting, and not just you guys, but people listening too, because they don't know and you don't know, and and it's great. Actually, we should keep him like that too, Jared. Every time we do a use on Saw Mysteries, let's not even mention it. So we're all like, what is he going to mention? But Jared, do us the honors of introducing USL and Saw Mysteries. From March through November, every single match is 90 minutes long at minimum. Each match full of pride, emotion, torment, power, and joy, but also full of mystery. Join us as we uncover some of these USL Unsolved Mysteries. 
All right. Well, as uh, we mentioned earlier, we've got not one but two unsolved mysteries. But you know, in the in the interest of uh, suspense, it's not going to be me that uh, introduces it uh, overall. But it's going to be Luis. So Luis, as the guest host for uh, USL Unsolved Mysteries, go ahead and take it away, sir. All right. Thank you, Jared. So. Like I said, I got two. I'm going to start out with the one that both of you already know of. And we're still left wondering from uh, Sunday's match what happened exactly to. Well, if you guys know, the team usually sends out emails to let you know what to expect in a match. And it's always fun to see those because you get to find out all the interesting things that will be uh, going on uh, around the game. uh, Before the game, I should say there. And sometimes post-game. And this actually relates to what was supposed to happen after the game. Well, apparently the team was going to be doing a giveaway to all the fans as they were exiting the match and they were going to be giving away a team poster and not the first time that they'd be doing this too. We've known other past years that they've actually done plenty of giveaways and usually, again, posters of of some sort has been uh, an ongoing thing. Sometimes flags, I think, as well. Um, But certainly a great thing to look forward to as you're uh, exiting uh, the stadium. But... As Sharon knows, as we were exiting the stadium, there was nothing to be found. We didn't even see the boxes where they would probably be at. And in past years, I mean, we're, we're usually the last ones to like, we're practically the last ones to like leave the stadium. They're still out there. They're still handing out whatever it is that they're handing out. And typically they still have a bunch of whatever it is that they're handing out, right? Since they over order, which is great, uh, rather than uh, underestimating that. And uh, yeah. So, we want to know, where's the team posters at? Will they be given away in the game against Miami? Maybe playoff time? But what happened exactly? Because I'm sure a lot of people would have gladly taken the poster and everyone post-games try to get all the autographs, all that, as we know, the players making the rounds around the stadium. So, where are they at? Did you guys even print them? Was that a mistake? Maybe that wasn't supposed to be for this match and there was an error made there, but yeah. it'd be nice to find out what happened. <laughs> sure would. And I know it's funny because last year when they handed out the posters as we were leaving, it was raining. So all the posters had gotten wet and soaked and they were sticking together to each other. And I still have my crappy poster from last year that's ruined because it was soaking wet when they handed them out. So. And it had stuck to the poster next to it. And do you remember that, Luis? The raining, the posters they handed oh, out. Yeah, last year? yeah, I remember. The rain? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the rain happened the day before the match, so they didn't have to deal with rain-soaked posters. But we didn't. We didn't. I'd, I'd take a rain-soaked poster versus no poster. Yeah. Just, you know, to have it because I put them. As you could see, I put them up on my wall. I got. I got the posters. So. Kind of sad. I won't have one to add unless they're going to give them out on uh, another day. And here's the thing. I mean, they promised it in the email. So it's like, yo, you got to fulfill your promises, especially since we had, uh, you know, like a packed stadium and people saw the email. And I know I screenshotted that part. I shared it on our group chat (laughs) with everyone there. So, yeah. Yeah. So they they might want to like maybe address that <laughs> at some point too and just just for those people like us that were left wondering what happened to that team poster now here's the second one here's the one that you guys don't know that we've been waiting for and the one that has me 
a bit confused as to what's exactly going to happen. And Sharon actually knows of this one. So we actually had a brief conversation about this one. And I don't know if anyone else has realized this too, but I get it. We're not, we're not in playoff time yet. So we're, we're kind of thinking a few weeks from today, but it's looking like in the event that we get to semifinals, we would still be hosting. There's, a, I think at this point, we, we could probably already like state that practically, I should say. If we do make it to semifinals, that game would have quote unquote happened on a Saturday, right? We usually have Saturday games. That's been the, the typical thing, right? Well, the Saturday that that would happen would be October 28th. And that actually happens to fall on the same day in which Slander will have a concert. Slander presents Chimera. 5.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at Heart Hill Park. So what will the team do? Will the team be playing on Sunday on a pitch that is going to be far from playable? Because, I mean, it's a rock concert, right? What what can you expect? And I, I, I get it, right? I mean, Slander's famous. I mean, they're, they're pretty well known. <laughs> and people are going to be vibing to their music. Or will they have the game on a Friday before? But, again, you run the risk of, not having a packed stadium because it is a Friday. What will the team do? Or will, and I know Sharon's not going to like this one, will they play at Hughes Stadium as a alternate venue and still play on Saturday? Too expensive. Hughes Stadium is too expensive to rent. It's It was a one and done. <laughs> or so. anywhere else. But what will happen? I want to hear your guys' thoughts. And if people want to tell us on social media what your thoughts are, what you would do, let us know. But uh, What's going to happen? I would imagine it would be a logistical nightmare, especially on such short notice to even consider, uh, oh, God, what do they call the field now? Oh, Sutter Health Park. I would think that wouldn't be viable for the venue. I mean, if, if, if it was like a month or so ahead of time, possibly, but I think just a couple of weeks notice, I don't think it's going to work out. And it will probably be expensive, too. I mean, you know, ha- having logistics, having everything set up uh, for a, a game there. Right. Grant- it's not big enough. Yeah, it's not big enough. Seat-wise, there's not enough seats. So, Sutter Hill Park. I wonder how much, what's like seating capacity? Because they also have the lawn seats as well. Yeah, you're asking a lot for public fans to just sit on the grass for us. It'll be, by that time, it'll be a $75 ticket. No, I don't think that's going to happen. If you looked yeah. at the escalation of the ticket prices, yeah, no, no one's, no one's gonna, no one's gonna pay that and go there. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, way, I'm thinking Friday's here? probably gonna be the better choice because at least that way it, it uh, gives the uh, concert crew, you know, albeit a shorter time to set up. But then, and how big of a setup can it be for uh, for Hard Health Park for for the concert? I mean, it's not gonna be like oh. We're not talking music festival size, I don't think. Yeah, hopefully hopefully not so much there, too. And I got to correct myself. Uh, Slander's not a rock band. They're actually an electronic music duo. They just sounded like a rock band, right? I mean, sl- maybe I'm confusing them with Slayer, right? I think is the name of the rock band, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Slayer. There you go. Yeah, Slayer so is more, more of a metal group. Uh, Slander, I mean, to be honest, I, I haven't heard of them. But if they're that big enough to, to be hosted at Arnell Park, then... Maybe I'm I'm just missing out on them, I guess. Yeah, no it looks like be... they've been at top concerts. So, I mean, they're going to draw a crowd. 
That that's just how it is. And they're gonna be right there on the pitch. They're not gonna be on it the It would be really cool for Cal Expo or Ovations to renegotiate the location for that concert to not be there. But then we could potentially lose fans because there's only so many people that live in the Sacramento region. And if there's two huge events happening in the region, somebody you're and you like both of them, let's say you like soccer and you like slander which one are you going to go to, you know, because that's a pretty major event in the region. But I like the idea that Sharon has too. I mean, if they could somehow renegotiate, like move it somewhere else, right? Because that, that would be the more logical thing to help us out too. But I, I always have to say, it, and I don't know, people might think like he's just hating on Cal Expo so much and all that, but it's, it's little things like this that make me say it like, what were you guys thinking, right? And I don't know. I mean, it could have maybe also fallen on our front office of maybe not like alerting them of like, hey, this could potentially be. We're not saying it will be, but just so you know, we might want to block that day out. So if you organize anything, just don't have it be at Harhill Park. Maybe have it be somewhere else around Cal Expo. But that or, that yeah. or uh, Discovery Park, perhaps. Yeah, that could be that's, another that's option. Where they, that's where they have the Aftershock Festival. Yeah, that could be too. I, I mean, they would still share parking with shows, but that's fine. I mean, the, the, give us our our home. So that that's that's the thing, you know. It's like these things should have already been like planned out ahead of time, and there's some sort of disconnect somewhere, and we shouldn't even be discussing this as a thing that will be going on. But the reality is, they need to figure something out now. Again, who knows if we'll actually make it to semifinals? There, of course, you never know. We might not make it, and then. This whole like mystery will never be solved. <laughs> but you would think that around this time, they're trying to figure that out. You got to have a plan in place in case we do make it because you're only going to have a week, right? I mean, that, that's all it is. That's all playoff time is. You only have a week to decide things, to sell tickets, to figure the whole logistics of everything. And so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be a little curious if we'll know more details like before the playoff game of like what's going to happen in the event that we do make it to the semifinal game. But yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Well, as we always say in our chat, when somebody gets a little bit ahead of themselves, not, you know, whatever, and we start speculating and we have to rein ourselves in a little bit, it's kind of like, you know, we'll just see what happens when it happens. And if we're playing the day after the concert on crappy pitch, that's the price we pay for being at a stadium. That's not ours. Yeah. Ain't the first time and it ain't going to be the last. That's correct. And I know someone who would be really happy with that statement you just made, Sharon, and and then start talking about the new stadium. (laughs) Not to bring that person. But if they're listening right now, then they know. (laughs) They they know. And I'm sure they're they're a little annoyed at this situation, too. All right. Well, looks like we've covered everything, y'all. Thank you all for tuning into the very end to hear this mystery. But this is something that, again, a lot of people may have not thought about quite yet and i didn't even know about this until like two weeks like ago and i was like very interesting we could be playing on that day too (laughs) so these things these things happen there now if we do make it to beyond that too there's nothing else too so that was the only saturday that they decided yeah let's let's schedule there too but uh, that's all that went but Sharon, Jared, any last final parting words here before we say good night? Happy October and go Republic. And a couple quick notes as far as local soccer goes. The USL one season has, the regular season has ended and unfortunately has 
not faring well for our Central Valley Fuego, uh, but then again, they have had a tumultuous season. But let's hope that uh, they, you know, take notes, rebuild, and come back strong next year. And then also, Academica SC Women's uh, Club has uh, hired a new coach by the name of Trisha Gonzalez. Uh, she did play uh, in Pepperdine for, for college soccer, and she might be a little bit familiar to the area because she did play for some seasons with the California Storm. So this is going to be an interesting uh, season coming up in the W League for a uh, former Storm player now coaching a rival team. So it's going to be a, a good W League season coming up for all three of our teams. And go Republic! And happy birthday, Luis, in two days. Ah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, we're in October already, too. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Sharon, Jared. It's Yeah, I still can't believe it's already October. And I mean, end of season, more things. November's around the corner, December, all that, too. So uh, lots of awesome times. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully some soccer games that we can watch in November that we take more interest in, right? But again, not to get too ahead of myself. Hopefully it's a, a pretty good fall here for us. Two great news pieces there, right there, Jared. I'm glad we get a former Cal Storm player coaching Academica. That's awesome. Always like to see former players given that opportunity to coach. Best of luck. We know that they had a rough season. Hopefully Academica could uh, make it to playoffs next year. And then Fuego. It's it's so sad to see game by game and to see him up in the scoreline and to see him like give up matches like that and yeah it's it's an unfortunate thing I know they have a lot of work to do I think maybe an organization restructure and a, a lot of things there but I have faith we have talented players here in the valley it's just you're gonna have those seasons where just nothing goes your way so I'm sure next season they'll have a much better season and make it to playoffs there as well all right well everyone again next Saturday's the match. Tune in at 5 p.m. as we take on RGB Toros. And then the following week, get your tickets for that last match. And I believe it's Fan Appreciation Night. And not just SRFC Fan Appreciation Night, but State of the Republic Listener Appreciation Night, which we'll have more details on social media, but we are going to be doing uh, some giveaways. So tune into social media to find out how you can win them too. But essentially, if you go to that match, Sharon will have the price if you are one of the winners of the prizes there as well and we also have as we mentioned earlier in the season two items to actually auction or figure out how we're going to do it too we, we we're going to figure that out this week for sure <laughs> for a signed autograph or for an autographed uh, team ball with the entire team no I, well, not the entire team but with most of the players from the season and also an autograph flag with most of the players from the season so that's that's coming soon but we also hope to also Maybe deliver that on the game against Miami or the first playoff game. But if it doesn't work out, then we'll just end up shipping or coordinating other things there as well. So lots of awesome things happening. So we will be giving back to y'all. It's not just my birthday on Wednesday, but uh, I also want to give the, some of you loyal listeners here, if you are one of the lucky ones to win one of the prizes there, because we're super thankful. We've gotten a lot of listens over the time. And in fact, we're actually celebrating passing the 15,000 listens mark on the podcast. And this is the month in which the podcast actually turns three years of age because the first episode, which, well, I mean, I'll backtrack, not really the first episode. The first thing that we posted on this podcast was actually a trailer that back in the day, Mike and myself, Michael Wood, 
Some of you remember him from the early days. We recorded that first trailer October 23rd of 2020. And then the first episode happened November 1st of 2020. But we're turning three years of age here pretty shortly too. So we thank everyone for listening to all the episodes. Any episode, if you've just listened to a few, great. If you're new to the show, welcome to the show. And we want to thank you guys. So that's why it won't be just fan appreciation night, but also State of the Republic fan appreciation night. So thank you, Sac Republic. We're sharing. We're kind of sharing that day. Oh, 15,000. I mean, that seems to be a, a pattern because uh, just this past weekend, Russell Cicerone had surpassed 15,000 regular season minutes played, and now we're passing 15,000 listens? I mean, I mean, we got to celebrate that. So I'm, I'm glad we're having the uh, State of Republic uh, listener appreciation night. Then. I mean, that just sounds amazing. I just, just wish I was there. <laughs> But, but I'll be there in spirit, though, of course. Right. Wish you could be here, too. So much for final parting words. We had final parting chapters. <laughs> That's true, right? It's Yeah, this one, th- this is a pretty lengthy podcast for everyone who stuck around. We had a lot to talk about. And yeah, lot, lots of things to bring your way. But again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Check out our website, saxsuckerpod.com. And cue the music. <laughs> Finally, there you go. <laughs> they were waiting we're for getting, that. They were they were ready for that ten minutes ago. We're getting there, folks. Trust us, we're getting there. <laughs> but they still have more to listen, though. They still have Wait, more what? things to listen, though, <laughs> including a really funny blooper of uh, the cat part, the podcast cat. Oh, jeez. Oh, 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 Luther, aren't you mad? <laughs> Say it with me. Oh, 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 Luther. Archer Med. Please help me with these two guys, please. So, you know, to. Oh, my God. Oh. Sorry, oh. did you. You didn't see that, did you? We just heard it too, yo, and, and now people heard it. Our lovely podcasts are, are making their appearance. Yes. Yeah. And what. She had demon eyes as she ran by and knocked over my microphone and <laughs> ran through the desk, ran through my whole setup. She's she's just been she's awake and she's being a pill. <laughs>